We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, what's up? Ben is back, part two. Yeah, we are talking preseason takeaways, three games into the Nets preseason. Definitely some storylines to follow. We're going to jump with that and plenty more. Make sure you check the Buzz on all streaming platforms. But I guess, Jack, let's start with Ben Simmons. Yeah, I want to ask you first, Nick. Are you going to get a Ben Simmons tattoo? <laughs> I am not. You know, God bless that fan. Um Wonder when he got that tattoo. Didn't necessarily look like the best tattoo, but fandom is fandom, I guess. Fandom is fandom. Standom is standom in this case. But yeah. I think focusing on tonight's game and Ben Simmons, because I think it's the the name on everyone's mouth and the, on the tip of everyone's tongues. What did you see from him tonight, Nick? And what have you seen, I guess, from him overall this entire preseason that leaves you optimistic, maybe pessimistic? Where are you standing on Ben Simmons after a couple of preseason games? Yeah, I think he's the biggest court tilter on the nets in terms of, you know, he can raise their ceiling, raise their floor or lower their ceiling, lower their floor, just because he has the potential to be an all-star player and, you know, has played at an all-NBA level in the past. And I think we're starting to see flashes of him getting back to that. You know, he hasn't been all-star level but he's arguably 10 times better than he was last year in the Nets uniform and a lot of it's just the overall look of his play and it goes with just not only his confidence but he just looks so much more fluid and flexible you know last year he just looked so stiff and it looked uncomfortable at times playing basketball and running the floor and now he's moving well he's looking agile he's looking like that freak athlete you know, that can contort his body at weird angles. And, you know, you're also starting to see some of his vision, you know, back-to-back games with over nine assists. That's pretty huge for him in the Nets offense. And he's getting downhill. He's cutting. He's looking to be aggressive. He's searching for contact at times where last year he was avoiding contact at all costs. And that was offensively, defensively. And I think you're starting to see some of that defensive confidence as well, you know, forcing some of those steals. But, you know, there are not all positives. You know, I think his layup package still could definitely improve. His touch isn't amazing. We've seen a couple mid-range shots is nice. And he's definitely been very free with the ball. You know, eight turnovers tonight. And some of that's the rest of the team and his teammates and getting a feel for that. But also some of that's just his style of play. So overall, you know, a real positive for Ben Simmons. And some of that hype we've heard in the offseason has actually come to fruition. 
Yeah, and we're sort of hearing Jacques Vaughn echo that quite a bit. You know, we heard him sort of say tonight, you know, before the game, you know, we want Ben to sort of lead us. He played some extended minutes, you know, yeah. uh, again. You know, he, he's just getting the, the reps under him. Another 29 minutes for him in a in a preseason matchup. You know, Spencer Dillon, playing 30. I'm not sure why that is, but nonetheless... Ben Simmons continuing to get those reps and, you know, a couple little plays here or there, Nick, you know, he had a nice little lob to, to Nick Claxton. So they're sort of figuring things out in terms of their, their offensive cohesion and chemistry. You know, he, there was a play where he sort of split the pick and roll and, and finished through contact. I think, you know, Zach Lowe's key question that I've talked about and we've talked about, about him sort of finishing through contact and drawing contact and that mentality looks promising. You know, um, the the fadeaway looked again. I think for uh, another game and another fadeaway from Ben Simmons looks pretty smooth around that sort of, you know, eight to twelve, eight to thirteen foot range. You know, it, it's pretty smooth. You know, the it's it's fluid. You know, there's not a heap of arc on it, but it goes in, and and I'm pretty confident with that sort of shot. And then I think the highlight of the game from everyone was the Nets are sort of forging a little bit of a mini comeback and. You know, Ben's driving hard and throws a behind the back dime to Spencer for a corner three, then gets a steal on the other end and and, and gets the dunk. So, you know, he's bringing a, an intangible energy to the team overall. And, and more importantly, he's just playing good basketball. He's looking good. And those turnovers to me, you know, the Nets had like like six turnovers and seven 600. points at one point. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was a lot. But in, in saying that, I think you look to the eye test when it comes to the preseason – the eye test is is pretty good. Ben is passing it at this stage. Yeah, and I think it's the offensive pop he's providing a little bit too. You know, getting downhill, attacking, creating for others. You know, you saw a little razzle-dazzle in the second half where Lonnie Walker hit him with a nice bounce pass. Ben went behind the back, hit Spencer in the corner. It's like those different things. You're starting to see his vision, you know, really showcased. And also that's with the spacing being horrendous. I think... You know, not to get into a real negative, but I think early in this game, you saw one of the biggest issues with playing Nick Claxton, Ben Simmons, and the rest of the guys that were out there. Obviously, no Mikel Bridges or Cam Johnson tonight, but the the paint was just clogged. Everything was just very clogged. There was limited spacing, and that kind of forced the Nets into a lot of turnovers because when the defenders are able to kind of freelance and help off so much, those passing lanes get shut down or they just never really existed because it was just a bait the entire time. Yeah, and DFS was was cold early. You know, I think he hit and up teams a aren't really going to respect him. You know, we know that that's always kind of been the case. He's a guy that's going to kind of sit in the corner and shoot catch and shoot threes, and they're not always going to go down. And that sometimes is going to be costly, especially with an offense with the spacing the Nets have. Yeah, so I think Royce looked pretty good. You know, he's got a nice little sort of connection with Ben Simmons. I'd sort of like to align those two guys a little bit. It's almost like I'm getting. Greater confidence in Royce O'Neal than than Dorian Finney-Smith. You know, obviously people asking for that trade and stuff, but he 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 bounced back a little bit, and hopefully that leads to a little bit of consistency and a little bit of rhythm from him from the perimeter, because that's all the Nets are really going to be asking for him. You know, with that defense as well. So the lineup combinations, you know, they're a work in progress, and as you alluded to, that having the Nets two best play, two of the three best players, maybe <laughs> their two best three point shooters as well, not in there. Yeah, you know, you read into it. A, as much as as much as you want to, probably not as much. But yeah, I think that those are, are going to be some teething issues. You know, the defense still has some work in progress. The rebounding is always going to continue to be an issue. But yeah, you know, you'd rather be figuring things these these things out in in preseason game number three rather than in game number thirty three. Yeah, definitely. I mean, some of them are things that you kind of expected with this team. There's going to be issues, and like you said, Cam and Mikel. I think 
you know, depending on what you think of Armani Brooks, who's obviously a young, unproven player, you know, I think those two guys are probably the best three-point shooters, but also their offensive threats. You know, Mikel can do things with the ball in his hands. He's a real guy that's going to get attention from the defense. Even Cam Johnson, I think with Dorian Finney-Smith, the problem with him is that he's not doing much with the ball. You're looking for him to kind of pass it as soon as he gets it. You really only want to put him in a position where he's knocking down catch-and-shoot threes or making really easy passes. And I think that's why the lineups are going to be so important this year you know it's going to be it's going to it's like you have a scale and it's going to be very easy it's a super sensitive scale for Jacques Vaughn to try to find the right match and I think even the starting lineup is going to have problems at times it's going to be important to have that first sub and find those combinations that you've kind of talked about where guys can be successful and you know there are some players on the bench that really you know, stepped up and showed some different things that maybe they could play a bigger role and they could potentially solve some of those issues to an extent yeah, Cam Thomas, he's catch and shoot, three point shooting. He was three or five from three today, six or 14 from the field. You know, could probably think... be a touch more aggressive, to be honest. I think there's a couple more opportunities for him to pull from three. And I know he's not in love with that shot, but there's opportunities there. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But I thought his game again was another positive, and maybe he is your first guy off the bench. He's the sort of net six man. I think it's more likely probably be a Royce O'Neill or a Dorian Finney Smith. But I think Cam Thomas is just offensive play and offensive bag is is going to provide a little bit more but Royce has a nice sort of synergy with Ben as we were alluding to he had a, some really pretty sort of like trailing dime threes but between the legs that are just a lot of fun to watch but yeah Cam T provides a little bit I think Lonnie Walker as well Nick I've really liked him in the open court and his rim pressure you know he's really sort of attacking ferociously and yeah, you know, I'm. It's 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 a bloodbath out there. He didn't hit any of his threes tonight, unfortunately, but he did get to the line six times and and hit five of those shots. Yeah, I already love Lonnie Walker. I can tell you, he's going to just be one of my favorite players to watch on this team. He just has a very fluid game. You know, he looks like he was made to play basketball, and like you said, he kind of just like. I don't even know how to describe the way he gets to the rim. It's just so fluid and it's just fun. He's just a fun basketball player to watch, and I think you know we could see him play a bigger role and. I, I think it's unlikely, but it wouldn't surprise me if Cam Thomas actually ends up starting. Like, I think there is a world where that could potentially happen or he plays early minutes with the starters and Spencer leads more of that second unit, especially if Ben starting the cook, because you can see how those guys gel. And at times when Spencer is on the floor with Ben and Cam Thomas, it just feels like he's not really necessarily being utilized or having a high usage. And some people might think that's a good thing. But with this team, I think he might be better, better utilized leading that second unit and maybe even spending time with Claxon on that second unit and really getting able to run a lot of pick and roll against second units against you know opposing second units so I think there's definitely uh some options for Jacques Vaughn to get creative you know I think a Ben Simmons Cam Thomas Cam Johnson Mikel Bridges Nick Claxon starting lineup makes a lot of sense will Vaughn pull the trigger I'm not sure but I think we've seen glimpses in preseason even though we haven't seen those five on the floor together that that idea would work and then you could allow Spencer to kind of just cook with that second unit because he obviously has a better balance to his game than Cam Thomas when it comes to scoring and passing yeah I think you're right in terms of the the combinations look I think there's a lot of people out there advocating not advocating for Cam Thomas to start I think his skill set would fit well in terms of the offensive generation but does the ball not being in his hands as much not utilize his skill set? I guess that's the sort of the other hand of things, the other side of the other perspective to sort of look at. And maybe he's just sort of supercharged six man. But yeah, I think that 
there's still time for experimentation. And even during the regular season, the early points, you know, the Nets have a pretty tough run on the start. So you want to sort of figure some things down in terms of what five-man combinations work best, what two or three-man combinations work best, four players, that sort of thing. So, yeah, when it comes to the guards, you know, alluding to Spencer, Cam T, Lonnie, these sort of guys, you know, Marty Brooks, I think, is maybe the Nets' best three-point shooter. And I think that... He would provide a lot if there was space for him and the depth wasn't so strong there in terms of the amount of guards that the Nets do have. But you know, and if they didn't a, need a lot so things- much playmaking from their guards. You know, I think they're really dependent on them. Ben Simmons on those guys creating a lot. You have McHale and Cam Johnson doing some stuff, but Spencer and Cam are such big forces in terms of creation for this team, you know, individual and for the team unit and even Lonnie for himself to an extent. Yeah, uh, it's it'll be intriguing to see how that pans out. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I think that, you know, obviously this Nets team's not winning a championship. So there's little storylines and little question marks that are going to be fun to follow the rest of the season. And can guys develop and fit into these roles? You know, you look at a guy like Trenton Watford, that that's an intriguing piece because of his unique skill set at his size and how he can kind of play next to Nick Claxton at times or play next to Ben Simmons. You know, I think that's where you can really get creative if some of these young role players showcase you know, an ability to play on both ends of the floor. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I guess, Jack, with me bringing up Trenton Watford, mentioning, you know, he could be good in some different lineups. Who's been another player that's kind of surprised you in this small glimpse of three games of preseason? Yeah, look, for me, Nick, he didn't play tonight, but it's Harry Giles. Yep. You know, I think that we've sort of talked about the battle at the big man position, and you, know, you alluded to Trenton Watford. He showed quite a bit in his limited time tonight. 
and has shown that you know throughout the entire pro season. So I think, and at age twenty two, this guy's just got a lot of skill, just really heady, as you sort of were, were discussing there. But for me, Harry Giles sort of has a, a fluidity and athleticism and an offensive dynamism at the big man position. And Daron Sharp hasn't really solidified that spot yet, despite being given plenty of opportunities to and, and playing okay. I just think that the diversity and the differentiation that you get from the likes of Watford, who is just has really good ball skills, has good fluidity that you sort of um, were, were discussing. And Harry Giles is a bit more, a bit more of an athlete, a bit more skilled, just a, a bit more talented in terms of what he has uh, at the big man position. Darren Sharp's been doing enough, you know, and, and maybe he, Jacques Vaughan still trusts him. You know, the Nets invested a, a first round pick into acquiring him. But I think both of those guys, when we're talking about the big man battle, you know, I feel more comfortable with Trenton Watford and Harry Giles getting some decent minutes come the regular season. Yeah, I think like Daron Sharp, and I've obviously never been a huge fan of his game or just his style of play. And that's not necessarily nothing against him. It's just the way I think centers fit in the current NBA. And, you know, he just feels like the same player. You know, maybe there's minor improvements, but I'm not sure if he's ever going to be, you know, a real impact player. You know, I think we've talked about before in terms of the rebounding, you know, it's good, but it's not necessarily always consistently great defensively. You know, tonight he did have 10 boards, but it feels like he's more aggressive on the offensive boards. Harry Giles just felt like very active. And there was just like a bit of just basketball IQ and feel to his game. He didn't obviously play tonight, but in the previous matchup, just felt like he was utilizing his length, getting in good position and understanding, you know, where he could be. And then I think you saw some of the touch and some of his feel for the game in that last preseason matchup. And it was just like, okay, there there's definitely something here. And I think going to the season, I wouldn't be surprised if Harry Giles ends up stealing that spot from Dayron Sharp. It seems like the Nets, like you mentioned, invested, you know, drafting him and want to give him a real opportunity. But it felt like last year he had that opportunity and he didn't capitalize. Maybe this is kind of his last shot with the other competition in house. Yeah, because of the nature of the roster and the nature of the contracts that some of these guys are on, you know, Harry Giles could get given a two-way, you know, and get, that get translated from the Exhibit 9 contract that I think yep. is on to maybe the Nets are flexible with that in terms of how they sort of do things in, in the roster composition because Darius Baisley hasn't been amazing this preseason. I, I still think that the, he can provide maybe an option as a depth piece, but I think he's, he's like of, such a player. Yeah. That's a tease. You see all the tools and you see the potential with Darius Baisley, you know, just an athlete that moves like he moves and he's able to get downhill. He's just very out of control. And then the three point shot at times looks okay. And it's just like, Oh, maybe this guy can be something. He feels like he's going to be one of those players that has a long NBA career because every organization and coach feel like they can turn him into that role player. Yeah, no shade to Darius Baisley, but a part of me would just prefer to have kept, you know, like the likes of Kessler Edwards on the roster because I think that, you know, that guy provides some spacing. He's just needs a, a lot of a lot of time to to grow his game in the NBA, and and the Kings might reap the rewards of that. But yeah, Baisley has all the physical tools which the GMs love. You know, he's a athletic beast, got the wingspan, you know, a decent enough defender. But I think the Nets have a lot of other guys that have a lot of skill, and I think. I prefer skill ball than athletic ball, you know, if that's even a, a, a terminology. So I think that there's going to be, it'll be intriguing to see how this roster is made up come the, the next couple of months and how the, the minutes are allocated because, you know, we didn't see Mikhail tonight, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. Again, his injury. Yeah. He, you know, he's, I think kind he's of still stinks in the for him booth. because it feels like it might push him out of the rotation because of just how there's so many issues with having another non-shooter on the floor. It feels like Jacques Vaughn and the team really love him, but 
it's super complicated to play another non-shooting guard with the other restrictions you already have. Yeah, I think in moments, Dennis Smith Jr. and, and Cam Thomas showed some nice fluidity and, and some nice synergy in chemistry. So maybe going forward, we, th- that's what's aligned. So we'll, we'll see how it pans out, Nick. But there's a lot of moving pieces and there's still another preseason game before we, we took on those Cavs in, in basically like a week's time. Yeah, you know, one more preseason game. You and I still have to drop our season preview. And then the regular season will be here and the games will count. But Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks everybody listening. Check the buzz on all stream platforms. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.